The views and opinions expressed in the following program are those of Coal Investment Group and its staff. Coal Investment Group is a registered investment advisor. Call 262-522-4040. Welcome to the Retirement Clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal, from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialists. Good morning and welcome to News Talk 1130 WISN, the Retirement Clinic. With the Kowal Investment Group is on the air every Saturday, hosted today by the president himself. He's Aaron Kowal in <laughs> the studio. president himself. You know, I don't, don't, don't. I don't want to get too big of a head, Paul. Um, we should talk about the history. Your father, the founder, Jeff Kowal, yeah, who began this show way back, two thousand and one. Yeah, I think it was a Saturday before September eleventh, two thousand one. It indeed was, and then after September eleventh, we stayed kind of in that wall-to-wall programming and. Jeff was like, wait, what about my show? <laughs> what about it? <laughs> uh, it'll, be, more... it'll be, uh, yeah. yeah, so it started off odd if you remember that time period, yeah. right? They always ask, do you remember where you were when? Yes. I do. Me too. I, I think if you're a certain age, you do, right? But so there's a little history and background as president. Now, Aaron, you have what, four locations, soon to be five? Yeah, yeah, we've got, uh, yeah, we have our main. Uh, intergalactic headquarters in uh, in Waukesha, in Pewaukee. Uh, we have uh, soon to be Delafield. Right now we're in Heartland. Soon to be Delafield, then uh, Racine and Port Washington. So we're um, and we're very very excited. We're growing and, and things are going well. We're able to take care of a lot of people, and we're really proud of that. The Kowal Investment Group has an excellent website. You can ask questions by going to thekowalway.com. Better yet, call them two six two. 522-4040. We have a lot to do today. Regular segments like wealth management and preservation, the boss segment for business owners. We talk retirement on the show. Oh, one more thing. You also do the market updates Monday through Friday. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Got a great Twice staff, a Aaron. They're they're awesome. Our team is, is the best. We you know, only bring on the best because we, we work with the best, too. We have great clients. We want to make sure they're taking taking care of with really great people on our team and, and we take that really seriously. And so I'm um, really happy with the team that we have and they, they enjoy um, you know, getting on and doing the, the daily market reports, you know, keeps us uh, in the loop on what's going on. You know, we have to be finding new and interesting things to be talking about on a regular basis, much like what you do every day. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's, um, it's great and we're, we're blessed to be able to do it. Those market updates air during the Mark Belling show Monday through Friday, three and five o'clock news blocks. And then Saturday, here comes this show, the retirement clinic who would like to welcome back our guest in studio. We're happy to say good morning to Mark Andringa. Good morning, Mark. Thank you for having me back. And I don't remember the last time you're on, but I know you're on. I have been yeah. on a couple times. Yeah. I think maybe uh, what six months ago, maybe a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, well, it, was, it was a lot colder. <laughs> well, time flies, right? Yeah. It, so, Mark, we have a lot to do today. But I, if we start from the beginning, Aaron, how would you describe today's show? What are we talking about? We are talking estate planning, and you know, when people talk about that, no one likes talking about death or becoming sick. Um, you know, but we'll 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 keep it interesting, and we're not going to get. Uh, you know, too in the weeds on some of the stuff. Maybe a little bit just to get some of the details, some of the flavor of it. Uh, but these are really important topics. And and the vast majority of people, I, I don't believe, have a well-prepared and well-executed estate plan. You can, you know, you, you, you can create all the documents you want, but it's not worth the, the paper it's printed on if you don't actually do that. That's something that we've seen um, you know, with with clients coming in, with prospective clients coming in, is that they're um, 
their estate planning attorney prepared all these documents, but then their their advisor or um, they never executed on it. So we have to we have to try to figure those those out for the client. So I always say everyone's favorite topic is themselves. Uh, so Mark, why don't you? Uh, you know, we we got Mark Andringa here uh, to is an estate planning attorney. Uh, Mark, why don't you go through a little bit of your background, what you do, how you and how you help folks. Well, I've been practicing in the area since 1992. Um, so I started out in Milwaukee, came out to Waukesha uh, in 1995. And I've really been doing mostly estate planning work um, and business work. So I have a number of mid to smaller business clients, and we help them with their estate planning too and succession planning. So yeah, in the is, is Mark going to help us with our boss segment then? He is. Yeah, the yeah. boss segment and the wealth Management and preservation, and you know, I guess in the interest of full disclosure, Mark's done my estate planning, and uh, I found he'd, he's done an excellent job. So I'm uh, I want to I don't want to keep him a secret. So I you know, bring him on the show here to to share his expertise um, with 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 everyone else. So I think there's a lot of uh, misnomers or myths too. Of people, you know, just friends of mine or family. Do you have an estate plan? It's not something you normally talk about. <laughs> but the answer is no. I don't need one. I, I don't have much wealth. I you know. Everybody needs an estate plan. Is that true, Mark? Everyone should have an estate plan, and then based on what you have and and the family needs, that then you work with an attorney to figure out what all needs to be a part of your estate plan. Do you need wills? Do you need a trust to go along with the wills? Do you need powers of attorney for financial matters? Powers of attorney for healthcare? So you talk about all those different things, and again, the needs of your family, and work with someone to have that all put together, and work with your financial advisors. Uh, such as Coal Investment Group is an excellent financial advisory firm, and they meet with their clients mm-hmm. to work that estate plan with their assets. So why are Americans, if the numbers 10 to 20% have an adequate estate plan, what's going on with the rest of the 80%? Just something we put off, like taxes or something? It might be. Um, and, and I think people need to realize it's just not estate planning for death. It's estate planning during your lifetime. It's transferring assets and transferring wealth potentially during your lifetime and helping out your family again during your lifetime and at death to make things easier on them. You know, it really is. It's, it's something that you do out of love for for others, uh, that you want to make sure that your others are taken care of. It's not something that you want to do necessarily for yourself all the time. Some of it is. I mean, it's kind of like life insurance in that way. It's not, you know, you're never going to benefit from it, but it's it's something that you want to, oh, I guess it is benefiting you and make sure that you get the care that you get. And is one of the topics that we're going to talk about today is power of attorney, different types of powers of attorney. Uh, but also you want to smooth things out for, for your family and for your loved ones, um, you know, as well. So why don't we, I guess, start at the basics. I know we've covered it on the show before, but, um, you know, we got a lot of people that, um, you know, they're listening. They probably don't remember every detail of every word that we've had, you know, had uh, talked about on here. So why don't we go over this? Okay. Why do we need a will? When do you need to trust? What's some basic criteria? What point do these kind of uh, things kick in that you, you require them? Well, normally I say everybody needs a will. You don't know um, if everything that you have when you die is specifically designated to go to everyone you want it to go to. So how do you make sure that happens? You always have a backup for a will. And then with the trust, I don't suggest a trust to everyone. It all depends on the circumstances. Um, if you come in and you tell me that you have minor children, Right away, I'm going to look and say, do you want them to have control of that money at age 18? And many times they tell me no. I would 
not want my children to have control of it. And so I said, well, then I think you want to set up a trust to make sure that someone is there helping them when they turn age 18 and become an adult to be able to help them manage that money until an appropriate age for when maybe they can manage the money themselves. You know, it, it, it is amazing how a lot of these people, how some very famous people get, get these very basic things wrong. You know, like Prince is a good example that, uh, there's a lot of lessons to be learned of what not to do. You know, no, no will that they could find. I mean, this guy is you know, more, just tons and tons of money and ass, assets uh, and a legacy and uh, I'm sure residuals and, you know, but not any basic estate planning done. And hey, you wonder why. You know he's probably got the best team of attorneys surrounding him, right? Aretha Franklin, I hear, is another one that had like nothing done. Yeah, and it, then it becomes a mess afterwards. Again, Mark, what what Aaron referred to is before for your loved ones, for your family. You're right. Yeah. You're trying to make things easier on them. When number one, when you become incapacitated, because your estate plan, such as a trust that and powers of attorney, help at that point in time. You just don't. It's not just merely a death. And then when you pass away, how do you you want your assets to go out? And you're trying to avoid. Not only the the confusion and the and the the difficulty of administering the estate plan, you're trying to reduce that, but you're also helping to plan on on the future for your family and how that money will be used for them. And so, is there a certain asset level that you should look at uh, for a trust? Is there is there a certain level of complexity that you need to have uh, for a trust, or is it just you know what how much you want to be able to control uh, after you pass that's a great question um you know there are a lot of different dynamics um in a family uh, some families will have someone in the family that's disabled and right there you'll have a special type of trust set up to um to be able to possibly if they're on government benefits to be able to manage those funds in such a way that they don't lose those government benefits um i don't think there's a specific dollar amount there uh, Aaron, right. and you're setting up a trust. Uh, others have significant wealth and they have to worry about estate tax issues. So we want to make sure that we give them a lot of flexibility uh, to help uh, deal with the estate tax and reduce it as much as possible. Um, so we set up trust for those particular instances. Another, as I mentioned before, if you have minor children um, right. and you don't want them to have it at too young of an age. So there are a number of different factors. So you don't want to give an 18-year-old a big pile of money? No, I Good don't think you... God, think of yourself <laughs> at that age, right? Yes. And and all that money. Now, every kid is different. Some might be more responsible, but still. Well, so, I ha- and I have a client that he, unfortunately, because his you know, parent passed, he did inherit a lot of money. When he hit 18, he could not have been more responsible. Uh, used it only for school and transportation. Um, that's, I mean, and then you think kid. about investment. You yeah. need guidance, I would think, and that's what yeah. this is. That's what basically we're talking about today. Yes. Having a plan. You do retirement planning, and you want to have that as that plan in place because you don't want to leave it up, leave it up to chance, right? You got to have a guide, a path along the way uh, to make sure that you, you know, to help ensure that you have the most successful outcome. You know, life is hard enough. You want to try to increase the percentage chance that. It's going to go the way that you want it. Um, you know, we were talking a little bit before the show that on a topic that's interesting that I think has changed over the years, especially for a lot of people listening, because um, it, it didn't always be this way. But we were talking about medical uh, powers of attorney, uh, and then for their kids when you turn eighteen, tell, let's walk through that a little bit. What do you need to be aware of there? 
So when my daughters turned age 18, I brought them right into the office and we signed up powers of attorney for financial matters for them. We signed up powers of attorney for health care. Uh, we you charge also, them extra for that, I'm sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would be good to see if I ever got paid on that bill. Yeah. But um, no, we so immediately because you lose that that right, you know, you lose that like the day. You know, I kind of yeah. lose that power, and I, I hate to say power, but I mean, I lose that ability to be able to help my children at that point in time because they've turned age 18, and and I don't think many families realize that. And you want to be able to, you know, it's, it's also helping those kids when they turn age 18 to make the right to, you know, to be able to make the decisions when we can help them and they're competent. And so they talk to us about it. But when they can't, you don't have anybody to make those decisions unless you have a guardianship done. And we'd rather avoid that. So what we do is we do these powers of attorney for health care and these powers of attorney for financial matters. And we put them together so that. Hopefully this event never occurs, but if it did, we'd be able to use those documents to continue to make those decisions for the for our children. Because if they're on your insurance still at 18, uh, your health insurance still, you, that doesn't give you the right, even though they're on your insurance, that doesn't give you the right to make health decisions for them. Not only health decisions, you can't even find out any information about care that's been provided to them. I've had situations where I've been getting bills and I'm going, I'm not sure exactly this if this is correct. So I'll call and they'll say, we can't talk to you. And you know, you're a little frustrated because you're paying the bill and it's on your insurance and that, but they're not allowed to discuss anything with you. Because they've turned 18, once they turn 18. Right. And now the healthcare power of attorney, essentially, that's not going to solve your problem, but there are other documents that you can do, which will allow for you to have their medical information released to you. A lot of times that's done directly with the medical provider. Uh, they'll have forms that you'll fill out there, but we also do what we call these HIPAA forms that are backups to those documents. I think also today's what, the end of August here, the 26th, as you're listening, a lot of kids are going back to college. Maybe they just turned 18 this summer. It's their first year away from the family. How many of those kids have power of attorney? I'm guessing on a percentage basis in America, not many. Should be have a power of attorney. You know, and just because the state says they're adults, I don't think necessarily means that they're they're adults and still need guidance from from you know people who've been there. Hopefully, well, hopefully haven't been there too much, but you know know more about how things work and where you know, what the best options are and um, and just guidance, right? And so that's uh, so important to have because they turn eighteen, you are out. You're out. They're adults, and uh, that line has been drawn now that it's. It, it, even with with me, it's it, it, when when kids turn eighteen, they've been, you know, we've kind of been helping them just because they're kids of clients. You know, it's it's a total okay. It's like we can't talk to your parents now about, you know, about your your kids' stuff, and we gotta you know, have them sign all new forms and all that good stuff. Because yeah, but it's it's a different it's different now than it, I think it used to be, and, and I think it's so smart that to get that done at uh, at age eighteen because it uh, alleviates a lot of. Uh, a lot of pressures and, and need, needless complexity from a situation. Is uh, power of attorney, we're talking with Mark Andringa today, our guest for in estate planning, the overall topic. Is a power of attorney the entry-level estate plan, Mark? Well, it's one of the documents that you will do in an entry-level type of estate plan. I think an entry-level estate plan would include a will at a minimum. It's going to include powers of attorney for financial matters, powers of attorney for health care, and even what we call living wills that are also known as declaration to physicians. We do those too. Um, so I, I, if you were looking at what would you first start with, 
Uh, I don't find that a lot of the 18-year-olds are doing wills as much because they don't have as much in assets. And it's not hard for them to do payable on death or transfer on death accounts, whereby they can name beneficiaries right to those accounts. But soon after, I mean, when they start getting into their early 20s and they're going to work and they're building up assets, they're going to want to have at least a will in place uh, with those other designations, such as payable on death or transfer on death beneficiary designations. Yeah, that that is... You know, it's so important. It's important for kids and grandparents uh, to talk to kids about that to make sure it's get you know, those things get done. Um, while we, while you mentioned it, um, you know, what about you know TODs and PODs? What's what's the difference? Do do people need to get those on their accounts? Well, and explain what a TOD and a POD is. Sorry, yes. acronyms in your business that you guys use every day. I bet, right? Right. Yeah. Well, TODs and PODs. So TOD is a transfer on death, and a POD is a payable on death. And they mean really the same thing. It's what happens when the account holder passes and who then are the beneficiaries to the assets of that account. Um, It's the same as really a beneficiary designation on a life insurance policy or a beneficiary designation on an IRA account. So those are a non-probate way of transferring assets at death. So sometimes... You know, working with your attorney and working with your financial advisor, you want to make sure that you name those beneficiaries correctly to make sure that they tie in correctly to your estate plan. Um, so there are some accounts that you want to make sure possibly you name individuals on. A lot of times those might be like IRA accounts. Um, there may be other assets, maybe life insurance. Don't retitle the IRA to the trust though. No, right? <laughs> no, no. So you'll Working again with with your attorney and working with your financial advisor, you work on making sure that you name the correct individuals or possibly trusts to be the beneficiaries of those different assets. Can I change? Life happens. Divorce, death, bad things happen in life. Good things happen, right? You add family members, some leave. Do I have to change the plan then? And can I change? Like those beneficiaries, for example, Mark. Yes, uh, what, mo- you're talking about if you want to add me to yours, Paul? Or like add your- Aaron to my plan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you hear this stuff every day, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's a big no, by the way. No, you, uh, you should be able to change your beneficiary designations. Rarely do I ever see that those are an irrevocable designation. So you should be able to, in most instances, be able to change that. When you're doing trust, it all depends on whether you're putting together a revocable living trust or an irrevocable trust. Uh, depending on how you're setting up that part of or component of your estate plan, you may or may not be able to change the beneficiaries. Revocable, you can. You, I can revoke, right? I can do irrevocable means what? It's set in stone? It's somewhat set in stone. There are certain terms that you might be able to place into an irrevocable trust to give you some flexibility. But in general, most irrevocable trusts that I see don't allow for beneficiary designation changes or anything that would you know modify the significant terms of the trust. Well, Mark, you know, I know this, but why why would anybody do anything irrevocable? If I have the flexibility, ability to change it, why would I ever do something that I can never change? There are tax reasons for doing that. Yeah. And sometimes you just want to make sure that the beneficiaries you designate are going to get the money. Or receive the Aaron other assets. Aaron knew the answer to that. He was oh, yes. just asking for our listeners. What if, worst case scenario, Aaron mentioned Prince before. You don't have an estate plan. You've got large, you've got significant wealth. 
I think he had significant debts too, but that's a... uh, yeah, he, I'm sure he did. <laughs> but let's just hypothetically, there's somebody out there and they have no estate plan, they pass away. What happens? Is that where the courts get involved? Yes, generally, if you pass away in the state of Wisconsin without a will uh, and you have assets that don't have a, a beneficiary designation, is probably the easiest way to think of this, you will most likely then have a probate. And the probate will require, if it's if the assets, and I'll call them the aggregate of all the assets, exceed $50,000, you'll generally end up having to file a probate in usually the county in which they were a resident. And you will go through a, a probate proceeding with those assets to be able to get them out to whoever the beneficiaries are. And if there is no will, um, it goes what we call intestate. So it goes through heirs. It goes out to your heirs. Sounds like a medical problem. Right? <laughs> it really does. Uh, this stuff is what you want to avoid, right? If you have a proper estate plan, can I avoid probate? Courts mean time, money, and I think public record, right? Public record, yes. Uh, time and money. Probates, I find that depending on the complexity of the trust, sometimes you have you do a lot of similar things between the two, but a lot of people would like to keep things out of the public eye, um, so they would prefer to avoid having to go through the probate courts. So in that situation, you're going to want to do things such as a trust or other ways of getting the assets out non-probate. Yeah, There's a, a lot of moving parts to any estate plan. We're talking on the Retirement Clinic, Aaron Kowal, your host with the Kowal Investment Group. Our guest is Mark Andringa. How can I reach you off the air, Mark, with questions? Our phone number is 262-542-4278. Uh, I'm writing this down so I can repeat it for our listeners. 262-542-4278. And of course, we can reach out to the Kowal Investment Group anytime. Yeah, absolutely. 262-522-4040. Uh, or visit us online at www.thekowalway.com. Dot com. Find us on LinkedIn, on uh, Twitter X, uh, at Kowal underscore invest. Wait, are we saying Twitter X or just X or X. just Twitter? Well, I mean, if I say X, probably not everyone's going to know what that is. I mean, Twitter is now X. Formerly known as, as yeah. Twitter. Well, we're talking about the, Prince. The artist formerly it, the, known. The website formerly known as Twitter. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it gets complicated. I do yeah. know your website is very user-friendly, and it directs us to all of those social media platforms. Yep. We have our newsletters. We have our radio shows. We have all a lot of information. We like to put a lot of information out there for people because it's. I think it's important that people are educated and learn uh, about retirement planning. And so we, we, put, we put some good content uh, out there for people. That website, thekowalway.com. We'll be right back with more of the Retirement Clinic. In fact, the boss segment, Business Owners, Savings, and Security, ties in perfectly to this topic of estate plan and wills and trusts and powers of attorney and all of that good stuff. So a quick break with Mark Andrenga. Aaron Kowal is your host, and I'm Paul Cronforst on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Retirement Clinic. We're on WISN. Aaron Kowal hosting the show. Aaron's invited Mark Andrenga into the studio. Estate planning is the topic, right? So trust, wills, probate. If you've got a question, we'll give out Mark's number uh, throughout the show. Or go to thekowalway.com. This is the boss segment, business owners, savings, yeah. and security. And you've got something that really ties in with this topic. Well, it really does. Because we were talking uh, you know, off the air about the, the HBO show Succession, about a family business that they don't have everything spelled out. 
no spoilers here because it's a, it is like it's a fantastic show. Highly recommend it. But it's um, they don't. It's a big family business. They don't exactly have everything spelled out, um, and uh, it's just all the chaos that ensues and the back and forth and the politicking and uh, all the drama that ensues uh, because of an event that happens. And so um, it really kind of ties in. Like, what happens if someone has uh, I'm not giving anything away from the show, so we're off from that now. But, well, okay, you have a business. Um, what do you need to do to make sure that you're protected? What do you need to make sure if someone has a stroke or uh, passes away, the business owner passes away? Let's talk about succession planning. What are some basic things that we need to be doing? Um, you know, we had talked about, like, you know, gifting plans for next generation or stock agreements. What happens in death, divorce, disability? I mean, we could do a whole show on this topic, but we've got uh, just one segment for this, Mark. So, what, what, where, where do you start with this? You start while everybody's healthy um, and you're able to sit down and it's not just one time, it's multiple meetings. And you're talking about what is the, you know, what is the family succession plan if it's a family business or what is the overall succession plan, even if it's not a family member that's going to be potentially the next owner of the business, if maybe it's a key employee. So you're sitting down with the owners and you're talking to them about what it is that they want to see happen in the next five years, 10 years. God forbid something happens to them. Who do they see as the, the next owner of the company or the party to run the company? So we sit down with the owners and we try to plan these you know, what-if events uh, going forward. We also plan on just everybody's going to be fine and what do they want to see done in the next 5, 10, 15 years. So we work that into their estate plan. And as a part of it, we are talking about potential gifting during lifetime to start moving some of these assets out, especially if you have family members that are involved in the business and that. We are working on tra possibly transferring assets during lifetime or and or what happens at death as far as moving these assets out to the entire family or the family members that are just involved in the business. Is it always a family business or succession planning pertain to any business? It pertains to any business. It's not always that you have family members that are going to be uh, the parties that are going to come in and own the company. So you work with them on what works best for their company based on who's involved and where they see, again, see things that are going to, you know, in the next five to 10 years. So let's get into this a little bit more. Um, you know, we talked about uh, gifting plans. What can you do for a gifting plan for next generation ownership? Well, let's say that you have family that I is hope my involved. dad's listening on this one, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, Aaron, perfect example. What, you know, if you have family members that are involved in the business, what, what do you want to see happen with that business going forward? Is it that one or two family members that are involved in the business? Is it everyone? that's going to be a part of the family business, being in ownership? Uh, will we have voting interests that we're going to pass out to certain parties and non-voting interests that we might pass out to others? So we sit down and we really go through all of the what-ifs and who, who should be involved, uh, what works best for the company too. Um, having many people involved as far as ownership, uh, is that a good thing for the company going forward too? So we talk with, you know, with the company Generally, it's quite often with the parents that have these family businesses about what is what is it that you want to see happen with your business going forward um, and the succession of the business transition to family or to others. 
So is it just with the parents or the kids have some input on this too? Do you meet with them together or do or should they have separate parties to or separate counsel to address some of these things? Or is it, or do you go in there like a coach kind of like to, to work through with them uh, or Tell me, tell me that that process. Varies. And I'm not talking about for me either. In this, I'm just no, ah, it, curious. You know, it varies. Um, sure. I'm involved in a number of them right now, and we have some where uh, the family, you know, everybody has their own attorney. Not because it's adversarial. Right. It's just because everybody has a different interest, mm-hmm. and they um, we want to make sure that everybody's properly represented, and we talk about the different things that the you know, that the owners, generally a lot of times in this situation, the, the parents, and what the children see, you know, going down the road as far as how they would like to see maybe the business run or who would be the owners. Uh, we talk a lot about stock agreements when we have companies. Um, when we have limited liability companies, the stock agreements are all known as really operating agreements, but they're the documents that talk about how are things you know, going to be run? Who's going to be in charge? What happens at death? What happens if there's a disability? What happens if somebody's no longer employed with the company, if that's a key factor? Right. What about things like key man insurance? Is that something that you get into with them that if dad dies or a key employee dies, do you get into that with the family at all and help them work through that? I tell them it's very important for them to think about how you're going to pay for purchasing out interests uh, from one shareholder to another. It may not just be in that cir- circumstance, how are you going to do it between the family, but it's how are you going to do it between non-family members that there are multiple owners. So one owner dies, how am I going to be able to buy them out under that circumstance so that their family is taken care of uh, and you move the ownership over to the other owners? So yes, key man insurance is a very important thing. Um, and we work with the, you know, the insurance agents to try to come up and the accountants to mm-hmm. try to come up with the right numbers to have some kind of insurance in place to help out with, under those circumstances. Because there has to be some sort of agreement in place because you can't get you – know, the, the, you have to have some sort of um, yeah agreement and ground rules that something happens, this plan's going to go into effect and we're going to be able to, in other words, to in, make them whole. In writing, right? Yes. yes. I mean, a secession plan, is it just for larger companies? Is it for a small mom and pop? It's for everyone's business. I, I, you want to make Especially sure that if it's- you want to keep the, the business continues going concern. Now, it's kind of like your example about Prince and Aretha Franklin. If you don't have something in writing, then good luck as to how exactly things are going to turn out, whether you're going into a probate court and, and no one exactly is in charge and everybody's- you know, fighting about who's going to be in charge. Get it all down in writing. And it's not a bad idea to sit down with everybody who's going to be involved at the time and let them know what's going on. Yeah, communication. Especially, let's say there's multiple siblings involved and and there is no plan in place. You mentioned maybe father, mother passes away. Well, we had a conversation at the bar. Me and dad agreed it was going to be me. I'm going to take things. Maybe it's somebody else steps in and says, that's not what we agreed upon. You get this in writing, a proper secession plan, there's no question marks out of it. You're absolutely right, Paul. And it's, it's a very good idea to not first to sit down with the family members so that everybody understands what's going on, maybe getting the feedback from them, uh, and then putting together the right documentation so that there isn't as much, uh, there's, you don't have the problem with the unknown, and hopefully you can avoid 
fighting between the family or between partners if it's if it's a non-family type of a situation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, either way, you don't want to you don't want to see that, right? Squabbling afterwards, exactly. Uh, smooth transition. So, secession planning, Aaron, something you work with with yep. your clients as well. Yeah, that's something yeah. that we work on with our clients. We something we go through uh, with them, help them with, and um, you know, I think it's it can be obviously very beneficial for uh, for for clients and for all businesses, cause especially if you want it to keep going, right? If you want that business to keep going. There needs you to be able to, need to communicate that to, well, the family members, but also the employees, the vendors, the uh, customers. On, on, not obviously not brief them all beforehand, but that there is a plan in place that if that you know their lives won't be um, disrupted too much because you know they're they're especially if they're employees, you know that's a, a, you know, a livelihood for them. They want to know oh, they're yeah. going to have a job the next day. It, absolutely, and that and just giving the family, let's say it's a family business, peace of mind. All right, yeah. we got this done. Succession planning. I'm guessing we're going to get questions, right, as we talk about all yeah. of these estate planning issues and this topic. When we come back, it's the wealth management and preservation segment with our guest, Mark Andringa. Let's give your phone number out one more time, Mark. 262-542-4278. So give that number a call if you've got a question. Now, coming up is the Wealth Management and Preservation segment. Aaron Cole, any kind of little tease here? You want to give us a little tidbit? It's for those no. of you that have, I'll give one piece of it. It's if you have a million dollars or more. If you have a million dollars or more. It's a, and then uh, it's on, it's on uh, your kids, how to protect your kids if something were to happen. That's coming up next. If you got a question for the Kowal Investment Group, very easy, thekowalway.com or call 262-522-4040. The Retirement Clinic, Saturdays at 10, is on WISN. If I had a million dollars, if I had a million dollars, well, I'd buy you a house. I would buy you a house. Welcome back to the Retirement Clinic. And that music tells us, Aaron Kowal, with our guest, Mark Andringa. It's time for Wealth Management and Preservation. We do this feature every week on the Retirement Clinic. What do you got for us today, Aaron? Well, we were we were talking. I thought you were a really good uh, topic for this. Is People gather some assets. You got over a million bucks. You've got, you know, maybe you sold a business, um, have accumulated a good amount of assets, Probably the best idea of that, or the best way to pass it to next generation, isn't to to just give it to an eighteen year old and or, and hope for the best, uh, or even a thirty some year old and you know and and hope that they never get divorced uh, or that they die before their spouse. So, you know, we were talking about lifetime trusts uh, for kids and asset protection trusts. Mark, why don't we walk through this? When do you use it? Why should you use this? What is it? So when I meet with clients. And regardless of the age of the children, uh, we're talking a little bit about all the big what ifs. Um, if you pass away while they're young, great. Now you have this trust in place before they get, you know, when they turn age 18, you've, you have something in there to be able to manage their assets. But even when they're older, um, maybe, you know, maybe they're married, maybe they're not. Um, you start talking about, well, what if you left everything to them and they got divorced? What happens to those assets? Well, depending on what your child does with the inheritance, if they take the inheritance and they place it in an account with their their spouse, half that inheritance may be gone now to their spouse if there was a divorce. 
And we should mention divorce rate. It's very sad to talk about. But again, we're dealing with life here over 50 percent in the United States. So just thought I'd point that out. <laughs> so like talking about it, just like death, we don't want to talk about this topic because it's uncomfortable. Right. Right. And so you're talking to them about some of the different what ifs. It's maybe sometimes it's not even that it's credit protection to other types of issues that could come up. So it could even be that we're talking to the parents about what if your children have a sizable estate and we're concerned about potentially an estate tax in their estate. So we're talking to them about these different types of trusts that we can create, that they place money into a trust for the benefit of their children, maybe then list, have their children become the trustees of their own trust at a certain age, uh, per, put certain terminology in there uh, for tax purposes, uh, depending on what the goals are as far as trying to avoid estate tax, possibly even with the children, and protecting those assets uh, during the lifetime of the children and potentially even future generations, uh, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. And by doing this, you're giving uh, some protections over those different assets down the road for, again, as I mentioned, possibly a divorce. It's never a guarantee. I'm not, I can't always promise what might ever happen to in a court, but it's far better if you have it inside of one of these irrevocable trusts for the benefit of the children. And so you tell, tell me about the mechanics then of it. So you put into your irrevocable trust for the benefit of the children. You say children, but it's not necessarily minors, right? It could be adult children. Um, and and so you pass away, money goes into the trust, then what happens? So the money is placed inside the trust, and you had an ex excellent example there. Let's just say the children are their 40s or 50s. Yeah. So the money goes into the trust. Uh, the parents may feel as though the children are responsible enough to be able to manage that trust. So we make the children the trustees of their own trust. And they're able to withdraw. Generally, we have terminology known as the ascertainable standard um, for health, education, support, maintenance. So they're able to withdraw money out of that trust during their lifetime to be able to pay for needs. Um, and sometimes we put language in there to allow for even money to be drawn out for their children's issue, meaning their children and their grandchildren. And we put different terminology in there so either the children can appoint where the money goes at their death or it automatically goes on to the next generation or whoever the parents want to have as a, the follow-up beneficiaries to their children. Because you know, the grandkids might not be – you might have kids with you know some issues um, developmentally or – law or whatever so that you have the flexibility in there for to let the kids determine the next the next where the money goes but um you, you mentioned it's for for health education maintenance and support can so that those are the needs can you build them so that they it can be for the wants also if they want to get a Lamborghini or a something boat. like that you know, a, a boat or that, that's probably the money that you give directly out to the kids okay so you have you don't put it all into well, that one you don't have to put it all in there. Um, the health education support maintenance isn't intended to allow for the purchases of the more extravagant items, such as Lamborghinis and that. <laughs> um, but what you can do is That's where you sometimes, got your Lambo, right, Paul? Oh, yeah. someday. Yeah. someday. <laughs> but sometimes what they do is uh, the parents realize that and they provide other parts of their estate directly out to the children. Maybe a life insurance or something like that too yes. that goes out to them. Actually, like the new Corvettes that are out there that sort of look 
Yeah. Are you familiar with yeah, the new? Yeah, oh know. my goodness, yeah. they are look good looking cars, right? Yeah. Lamborghini is a little bit out of my price range, Aaron. <laughs> Me too, Paul. This is good <laughs> stuff. This is good stuff. We're talking with attorney Mark Andringa. Estate planning attorney, would that, that be the more accurate term? I do estate planning, I do real estate work, and I do um, corporate business work. Uh, and when we come back, we'll give out all of the contact info for Mark and Aaron Kowal, today's retirement clinic, hosted by Aaron, the president of the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist. This is the Retirement Clinic, Saturdays at 10. We'll be right back on ISN. We're back with the Retirement Clinic on WISN, and we're thanking Mark Andranga for talking. You made estate planning fun. It's, <laughs> we talked about getting deep in the weeds. I don't think we got deep in the weeds. Well, no one's ever told me that I've made estate planning fun, so I appreciate it's that. It's a first. <laughs> that is a first. You'll take it, right? I will take it. What if I got questions? What if I don't have an estate plan like most Americans we said don't? And I want to talk to you off the air, Mark. Give me a call at that 262-542-4278. You can also look us up on our website, which is cmlawgroup.com. And again, give me a call. I'd be happy to speak with anybody who has a question. Where's your um, cmlawgroup.com located? We are located on the corner of Racine and Highway 59 in Waukesha. And Aaron Kowal will talk about the Kowal Investment Group quickly. Yeah, you find us at uh, in 262-522-4040, thekowalway.com, also on Twitter, or X, and uh, <laughs> LinkedIn and Facebook as well. And... Uh, yeah, we'll, we always release our shows, podcasts uh, as well. And you find that on our website or Spotify. Rumors, um, not rumors, because we've mentioned this, soon to be in Delafield with a new office. Yeah, we're working on that a few, couple weeks out. We're, we're opening it up. It should be September 1st. Um, you know, So we got to make sure all the furniture gets there and the carpet <laughs> laid down and all that. So. And, and people, and you're open for business. Right yeah. now in Waukesha, of course, World Headquarters, Port Washington up in Ozaki County. Ristine, a location in Heartland, yep. and um, thekowalway.com. Once again, yep. thank you, Aaron. Thank you. Have a great weekend. We thank you for joining us on the Retirement Clinic. Also, the Kowal Investment Group, Monday through Friday, with the daily market updates. Tune in during the Mark Belling Show, 3 p.m. and 5 p.m. news blocks. We'll see you next Saturday at 10 a.m. here in WISM Milwaukee.